is a period of chaos. As the NBA approaches the finals, so does Arizona State University. The world of sports could not be crazier, nor the timing so unfortunate for the two procrastinators in the edit phase. While the host of the infamous Valley Variety should have been studying, they instead chose to devote time to a useless sum of musical numbers for a podcast with very few viewers in the first place. God help us all. However, if they are to succeed in their quest for their original songs, surely Ben Yates and Jacob Jones will rise above all other sports shows and become the greatest power in the galaxy and maybe even win a Grammy. This is our valley, been wagons all around us. A blaze radio where everybody gets to shine. Whoa! Let's be clear, no one runs this show. Whoa! Whoa. We thought someone would shut us down for show. Whoa! And every week our load of cold questions grows. It's just a lot you simply got to know, so... Welcome to the, the valley variety. The small edit bay variety. Worst of the West. We may be completely obsessed with Bill Walton. We're part of the Valley Variety. Alright, we're back. This is the real sports show now. Welcome to our musical spectacular of the Valley Variety on this Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. Uh, it is currently 1.46pm in the little storage container that we put ourselves in. Jacob Jones, Ben Yates... Talking NBA playoffs, the baseball, the football, whatever else is going on in our world. Jacob, NBA playoffs. Yeah, it's uh, off to a hot start in the second round, aren't we? It's uh, got war- had Warriors Grizzlies last night. We had uh, Bucks and Celtics last night, and well, I think what's making the news is uh, the players more, and I'll be specific, Draymond Green. Yeah, Draymond Green got a little bit of an elbow in his eye last night, though. He did. He was he was bleeding pretty bad. Yeah, the Grizzlies were playing a little physical. Steve Kerr was out there saying that they're playing dirty and there's nothing uh, like that in the NBA right now and it shouldn't be here. Uh, all the What Desmond Bain did to Gary Payton, uh, Steph got clobbered by Brandon Clark a couple times, uh, Draymond got hit by Xavier Tillman. Like, yeah. It was... All over the place. You're playing like the Pistons, like the Dennis Rodman, <laughs> yeah, Isaiah really Thomas, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. You know, if you ever, if, famous. you know, that Thomas. If we watched the, like, the Last Dance, we just knew of the Pistons' mentality was, and like the Knicks' mentality too. I think the Knicks took a page out of the Pistons' book and just said, "You have to meet him at the top of the rim, of like don't let him dunk over you because then he'll embarrass you, and so just drag him down, and then just take the foul." Like that's how the the Grizzlies are playing right now. I'm like, don't let them go to the hole. Grab his jersey and throw him down. And, and you know, right. Desmond Bain, you know, showed that after was it he, uh, Gary Payton went up for a, a layup dunk and uh, was grabbed and thrown to the ground, and now he has an elbow fracture. 
I mean, it might be a little bit of revenge for Draymond's flagrant two foul in game one, dragging the jersey down. Right. Uh, which a lot of people had speculation, like, was that flagrant two? This is ridiculous. Maybe maybe a one, maybe a tech, but nothing like a flagrant two. Memphis came in and showed them what flagrant twos looked like. Yep. <laughs> That's the definition yeah. of you know, trying to injure a guy. Yeah. You know, that. And you gave Draymond a... Like a swollen eye. Yeah, you can see him in you can see him in post game. He was in the press conference. He just his eye was still uh, yeah. swollen. Like Memphis is taking Golden State out of the game right now. Not exactly. not like by dominating, which they did last night. It's by getting them out of the playoffs with injuries. Yeah, they're just they're playing a really rough style, come and take it basketball. Mm-hmm. But you know this kind of basketball doesn't. Just doesn't work for me, you know. I don't. It's, you know, it's we're going to be injuring guys, and Steve Kerr said it. You know, it's like breaking the. There's unwritten rules in basketball about doing that kind of stuff. It's like the scoring dunking with you know 20 seconds left when you have an open lane. It's like, you just don't. But this is the kind of stuff the Grizzlies are doing. There's they're tearing, tearing out the pages of the rule book and saying, you know, suspend us. I don't know. We're trying to win. You know, we're trying to. But I don't think it. It it almost overshadows what Jaw did last night. 47-point performance in that win. Refused to lose, even after there was a part of the game where he could not see. He was smacked in the face, and mm-hmm. I remember he got the ball up in the top of the key, and he passed it back, saying, sorry, I can't see. I don't, I don't, I can't see the floor. I can't. Yeah, I mean, we all thought the Celtics-Bucks might be the best series this uh, second round, but Warriors and Grizzlies are coming out and showing otherwise. Uh, tied series right now. Uh, so are the Bucks and Celtics uh, both tied, uh, while Miami and Sixers play tonight, as, lo- as well as our Phoenix Suns going yeah. against Luka, uh, crazy Luka magic uh, yeah. in the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, it'll be a fun I, I fully expect the Suns to win, um, but we've just done a good job of just creating, making Luka do it himself. Yeah. And, you know, we saw that, had 45-12-8 in game one, and the loss, and a... 11-point loss, and it wasn't as close to the final score. The Suns took their foot off the gas at the, at the very end because they knew the game was over. And so it got a little closer than a lot of Suns fans thought it would, but they've had a, just a good game plan going into game one, and I think what we see from Jason Kidd is Jason Kidd doesn't have the, uh, isn't the greatest game planner in the world. We kind of, we saw that, the NBA world saw that when he coached the Bucks, and you know, the Bucks would come out flat because just these game plans were just, not sufficient enough. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's more of like what the Suns are doing in response to Dallas's weak physical dominance in the paint. There's no big uh, guy on the Dallas Mavericks now with only uh, Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba. There's no one else with, you know, after they traded Porzingis away for Spencer Dinwiddie, they decided that size was not their problem. Yeah, I guess it's just double dirks now, not triple dirks, because they yeah. traded away Kristaps. There's only two left now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they got the double dirks. Uh, the triple but, dirks, maybe? But also the undersized dirks uh, of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, it just it's a totally kind of flip-flop comparison from last year's the Pelicans. Yeah. Of guys like Jonas Valanciunas going straight at Aiton. Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes. And yeah. the physicality that uh, New Orleans showed. And just, you know, and granted, it's just game one. And so we'll see tonight if Dallas comes out with more physicality, trying to trying to force their way into the paint, trying to force better plays, trying to, you know, force the Suns to pay, take bad shots. But 
the Suns were, and I'll give a lot of credit to Dallas. You know, they were at, something must have changed to half. I think the Suns have done a better job at making halftime adjustments. Um, game one was a good example of that. I was a little nervous going into the third quarter. Yeah. Because of our history of uh, not having the greatest third quarters. But Suns came out just as well as the Mavericks did. And, you know, controlled the tempo. And But Dallas was, you know, that whole game they had pretty good passing. But I think it was just about not making those shots. But in the third and fourth quarter, it was about the Suns just forcing them to take bad shots and getting them out of transition. So if Dallas wants a chance in the series, they need to start getting their selves back in transition. Yeah, it's it's about getting Luka out of the paint in the mid-range. If you keep him at the three, sure, he'll hit a lot of shots. But you want Dallas to beat you at threes. You don't want them to drive inside and have uh, D.A. get picked apart and get ticky-tack fouls. So as long as DeAndre Aiden stays in the game, and as he showed game one, good lord, you need him in there. Yeah, and just the, not only the physicality, but his offense, his jump shot has been... Man, whoever was working with him in the offseason, you know, thank you, because that, that jump shot has been just money this whole postseason. But the defensive, you know, we saw what happens when you try to go against DeAndre in the paint. And so I think they're almost challenging the Mavericks to go in the paint now. I'm like, yeah, you want to you score? You have to go face that guy, you know? If you want this bucket, you want to go get a two, you have to go against him. You know, we're not going to... And DeAndre is taking this personally. I think he takes... You know, almost every game he plays against the Mavericks very personally. You know, we used to, you know, he heard he heard a lot of talk after he was taken number one, and Luca was taken number what four, I think, by the Mavericks, and there was or was was he taken by the Hawks and then they traded for Trey, and then they traded away his draft. He was three. Trey was two. Luca was three. Or because the Kings had the second overall pick, they took Bagley. That's right. Took took Marvin uh, Bagley. Marvin Bagley. I forgot uh, that was a pick in the draft. Which uh, they'll. They'll just have to sit down and wonder. Sorry, the real second and third picks were Trey and yes. and Luca. Yeah, no offense to Marvin, but you know that just his career has been just a disappointment, a joke. But but DeAndre's taken that. You know there was a lot of talks that the Suns should have taken Luca. You know why didn't you take Luca? And I think every time he plays the Mavs, he takes that personally. So I'm going to show you why sure. you didn't take Luca. I wish he showed it more personal because uh, he does do the spin arounds that the floaters, the shots in the mid-range, I wish he would attack the rim. He would draw more fouls that way. It would be more physical. Uh, I'm not asking for a more exciting game because what the Suns do is exciting already. What I'm asking for is more uh, authority and uh, you know aggressiveness from Aiden because he hasn't shown that in the first round, and he could show it in the second with an undersized Mavericks team. Yeah, DeAndre is a, you know, the, not only is he a character, but it's almost like it's a different you know, play style when he's out on the floor because of the ability that he does have now to go in the paint and and uh, and also get in the mid-range and be able to shoot. So you you have that ability to pass in the ball because I don't think people are learning now, but they, do, they have to start learning to start pressing DeAndre when he's out in the mid-range and say, hey, this guy can shoot, you know. We mm-hmm. got we got a shooter, we got a shooter. But that also brings up opportunities for guys like McCall to go drive to the hole. So all of this. I'm oh, sorry, we made a free throw. <laughs> oh, that's true. That is the uh, the sound effect the Suns use. The uh, but yeah, it's all part of that. You know, that's why he works so well. Uh, it's all kind of part of that game plan. It's all part of the uh, of just what makes DeAndre's game so threatening. And that he does, you know, he can drive to the hole. But I think he's almost, you know, saving those moments for guys like Javale. Javale's done a good job at that. You know, guys like McCall have done a good job at that. 
Like I was trying to stop shooting as many threes and start driving to the hole because he's so slim that he can really get past defenders. Sure. And so it's just part of that. And so the Suns have done a good job at that. So if the Mavericks really want a chance, they have to start kind of, you know, what, what are the building blocks of this offense, you know? Well, We're the not, building blocks is Lucas scoring 50 points a night. That's the only way they can win. Yeah, unless he becomes Will, you know, and yeah. scores all the points himself, you know. just Which yeah, he could. He could totally do that. Like, he has the ability to. He's probably one of the only players in the NBA right now that could do that, along with, like, Devin Booker, LeBron, Kevin Durant. I'd put it on those four, mostly. Yeah, and just, but I think for the Mavericks, you need to start getting these bench guys around you, being like, you know, I know, I think Maxi Kleber is a, was a good example of going five for five, but are you going to really count on Maxi Kleber to make all five of his three-pointers in a row again? No. You Never know, again. You know, if that he was so strange. If he didn't do that, the Mavericks probably lose by 20 to 30 points. Well, and it showed, like, you're making the center shoot three-pointers on the Mavericks. That's what they had to go to, was Maxi Kleber shooting three-pointers on the corner. If they had to go to that and they were falling, good, good for them. Try it again the next time. Do it another play after that. Because I bet you a million times it won't happen. It will only happen, like, no, three times out of a hundred. That's what the Suns have to feel confident is that look, they're gonna keep going to this guy. Let him shoot. Yeah. Even if he makes it, it's not a good they're not they're running out of transition. They're and running and he's a good three point shooter. Right. I'm not putting that against him, but like if you're making a center shoot, that's right. better than making Luca shoot. Right. <laughs> I mean they're playing desperate they're playing kind of their they're playing all their cards right now. And it is the playoffs, so you do play all your cards. So whatever you have to do to score points and win, you do. But it's also, you know, you still have you know, you're down one on the series. If you go down 2-0, this reminds me of a lot of the, uh, we were talking before, a lot of the Nuggets series from last year, where the Suns swept, and we just, now we were the better team, but we just had a better game plan than Denver. Uh, we just ran Denver out of the building. We were just slowing them down. By the time that we got to the front court, they were they were gassed. And so I think they scored by 90, only 90 points in both games, and scored the Suns scored like 125. Mm-hmm. And so I could see that kind of happening now if the Mavericks don't start, you know, getting their their act together, but the Suns also have a really good team and also have a chance to go and and win it all. You know, we have a lot of, you know, we have to have, have the opportunity to go win it all. You know, I think the city definitely deserves it. Yeah. You know, Suns, fan definitely, Suns fans definitely deserve it. Do Suns fans deserve it, yes or no? I mean, we've been waiting a long time. It's, it's you know, this is, you know, this franchise has been around for 55 years. It's the original franchise. In 1968, they were they were created. They were the expansion franchise. I think Chicago would come a little bit before us, and then we came in with Milwaukee. But yeah, man, this is this is the Valley's team. This is like the Valley's baby. This is it's the only team going good for them right now. Right, away from that. away from you know those other teams that keep breaking our hearts. And the Suns have been the most consistent team. And the I mean, it's only been two years, but they've been pretty. I mean, three years if you know I count the bubble as. Sure. The the stepping stone for what this has been. I know? agree. I actually agree with that. If bubble we, was a huge thing for them. If we didn't have, if we if we didn't, if we don't go eight zero in the bubble and make a lot of noise, we probably don't get Chris Paul because that's where Devin Booker took the next step. Right. But you know, the city wants a ring. You know, I personally want a ring. Yeah. Uh, we also have some looks likes uh, for this episode. Uh, Pete Alonso. Does Pete Alonso look like Fred from Scooby Doo? <laughs> I think if he shaved, he would. But he's definitely got like the jock look that that Fred has, yeah. of like the uh, the big muscular guy. And then doesn't you know help that the the Mets wear all white uniforms? 
and he wears a white button-up shirt. It doesn't help his case at all, yeah. <laughs> and I don't think, the only difference is that Pete Alonso wears a cap. I don't think Fred wears a cap. He just has his. No, but, I mean. I mean, but I think if Pete Alonso took off his hair. It would be fine. He would have. Took the, off his hair. He, or took off his hat, I should say. Yeah, he'd have, like, good. he'd have the perfect Fred uh, <laughs> haircut. Uh, does Robin Lopez look like a brand new mop? He kind of does now. I think. I think when he was with on the Suns when he drafted him, he had more of like an afro. Yeah. But now he has just like it's all. It's like a waterfall. It is. It really is a water. Is Robin Lopez's hair look like a waterfall? Yes or no? That's that's just a poll that's question. A, but it's a former Sun. You know what? No, we'll keep that. That's it. But yeah, I mean, but you just talk about the. Talking about firepower the Suns have, CP3 going 14 for 14 in game six. That just makes it, that makes, I mean, that's just what makes us so good is that when CP3 wants to take over, yeah. he will. But Jacob, it, it doesn't mean a thing without a ring. That's right. Does it? It, it really doesn't. It's like what the the Bulls used to say in the last dance. It doesn't, these are where hats to say it doesn't mean a thing without the ring. The Suns sell hats now that uh, say 64 was never the goal. It's not the goal. I mean, that I'll say, I want a ring. I want a ring. Look at our city. Isn't it great? I guess you could say we have a lot on our plate. But everyone knows we're missing one thing. We're just missing a ring. Look at this team. Isn't it neat? I guess you could say his collection's complete. But it doesn't mean a thing without a ring. I've got Barkley and KJ aplenty. I had Steve Nash and Amari galore. You wanted Javon Carter? I had 20. But who cares? No big deal. We want more. I want to be like those other teams. Have a parade in the middle of our city. Looking at Booker laughing. With all of his guys. Western Conference champs can only get you so far. The whole damn thing is the top of the bar. Adam Silver and banners on opening night. Middleton's great and Giannis could fly. But all Phoenix did was sit there and cry. We were up 2-0. Two left to go. Now it's sorrow. Phoenix wants more. Luca no more. Curry's a bore. I want a ring. A whole damn thing down in our city. CP3 needs a ring to end his Hall of Fame career. Bench is great. JaVale's awesome. We need it all. <laughs> that made me cry, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. That's what the. That's just what Phoenix does to me, man. I mean, we were talking in our our friend group chat after, you know, I I take a lot of pride of. I'm going to go on a little tandem here. I take a lot of pride in my city, but we've been kind of, you know, 
tossed around by the other franchises because we don't have a ring, you know. It's always the, uh, no matter how many games you win, you know, how many rings you got? Zero. You know, Suns fans are very patient, you know. We have a great fan base, so I think it's time for us to, I think it's time for them to meet us halfway, and I think they have so far. So, you know, the Valley's been waiting. They're ready. You know, I see people all around Phoenix wearing Valley shirts. There's, around downtown Phoenix, there's orange and purple lights, you know, on buildings, mm-hmm. on skyscrapers. I mean, the governor has a giant Suns banner outside his office. It's like, what else can you ask for, really? Is that what the Valley does to you, yes or no? We'll put that in the poll. Just have a little fire thing. You know, how far does the Valley get to you? Just one out of ten? Yeah, Unfortunately, like, we don't. We can talk about the Valley. As we say every episode, we could do this for an hour. Obviously, we have a whole song that we could run for an hour. Yeah. I'd like to play it again, honestly. For uh, real? <laughs> it was just so beautiful. Just go, just go back a minute and then listen to the song over again. It's so good. But we still have do have uh, Celtics Bucks, and the moment of the game is when... Jalen Brown made Grayson Allen eat the hardwood. And <laughs> yeah, get out of here, Grayson Allen. Go eat some dirt. <laughs> yeah, that those those college kids that just made everyone pissed off. I mean, they have, they have some on both teams, and uh, Peyton Pritchard, who wasn't as bad of a college player um, as Grayson Allen in terms of the the stuff he would do and the the acts that he would pull, but he was still. You know, a pain, but not as much as Grayson Allen. God bless Jalen Brown. And just that, it's almost like the, uh, what am I thinking of? It's like the Jordan Carl Malone of, I think there was a little push there, but it was almost like, but. Oh, the Stockton. The Stockton. Was it Stockton? It was. That yeah. was facing Jordan on the on the final shot? It was. Of just Michael Jordan, just the little push that just let yeah. him go just enough to let him. Jalen Brown didn't even touch him, did he? It looked like he so. might have. But I think Grayson Allen's momentum was going so far that I think all Grayson Allen had to do was just, or all Jalen Brown had to do was just like. Well, if tap Brown him. did tap him, I'm okay with that because Grayson's done worse to everyone. But just watching him fall and then look back at him and yeah. then watch Jalen knock it down was was pretty funny. But that's going to be a great series, Celtics Bucks, to see how far it goes. Tied God, one God right bless Jalen Brown, yes or no? God bless <laughs> Jalen Brown. <laughs> But the series is about to the series is about to change if they can get Marcus Smart back. The Bucks still don't have Chris Middleton, and so does this game. You know, but the Celtics came out really impressive without um, Marcus Smart. And yeah. So, but now you have to go to Milwaukee. Milwaukee is a very tough place to play. They're going to be hy- hyped up to be there. Yeah, we would know. That's a <laughs> it's a tough place to it's a it's three games. It's, lost it's pretty pretty hostile. You know, you know, they're gonna be chanting Bucks in six and or probably. Well, what, you, what could the Bucks win right now? Bucks in five, or uh, yeah, if they if they won out right now, yeah, it'd be Bucks in five. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be all on you. So it's about the Celtics having good composure, but they showed really good composure last night. Just be able to make shots. I mean, Jason Tatum making those shots of really, you know, the Bucks got close a little bit. I think they got within ten or eleven. What Horford did for the Celtics is needs to be recognized because that is like defensive player of the year things that Horford did to Giannis. It's ridiculous. That's why the Celtics are the number one defense in the league right now, which is weird because Miami has like historically known great defensive players with Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, and P.J. Tucker. But you go to Celtics and Jason Tatum is locking you up. You have Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, current defense player of the year, Marcus Smart. And Al Horford is locking up Giannis and backing him down and 
boxing him out from getting a rebound. It's ridiculous. It shouldn't be happening, but it is. It's on TV. You can see Al Horford, the old man that Al Horford is now, killing Giannis on defense. Giannis. Yeah, yeah it just shows. It's what makes you know, the commitment to having a defensive heavy team worth it. Now, yeah. This is what happens when you do, you know, you can go and, uh, you know, control a guy like Giannis. Of go, you know, make him make free throws. Of, you know, force him to the line. When you guys, when you have guys, you know, that are able to take fouls, that can have three fouls in the first half and not be, and not impact the rest of the game, that's what's so, you know, good about having a strong defense of having like three or four guys you can consider your best defender. And having a guy in yeah. Marcus Smart, that one defensive player of the year, it's like that's just what makes it so worth it to you know be so defensive heavy. So I think the question for right now is, can you can can you can you continue to contain Giannis in the series? Does Al Horford look like he eats peanut butter straight out of the jar with his bare hands? <laughs> with his bare hands, <laughs> like his finger. Yeah, just a big old finger swipe inside. Just like you know? a, yeah, good old scoop of his finger. Yeah. Gives it a little taste. Yeah, you know how Jiffy sells the little uh, peanut butter mini cups? Yes. Like, that's definitely Al Horford's favorite snack. <laughs> Does Scott Foster look like the man on TV that is seemingly going through the rest of his happy life whilst, vo- whilst the voiceover on the commercial is going over the shocking, life-threatening disclaimers of Viagra? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Scott. What's going on, buddy? That is Scott Foster. But... Yeah. We've seen a lot of Scott Foster complaints now, not only from Suns fans who haven't had to deal with them uh, only once this postseason, but now Warriors fans and uh, and Grizzlies fans saying, "Who's this number forty-eight ref that keeps like blowing these calls?" Like, that's yeah. Sorry, folks, that's who he is. I mean, he just well, you're also a Chris Paul fan yourself, and you can't ignore the zero and thirteen record of Chris Paul and Scott Foster. That's true. I mean, it's a you know, maybe it is coincidence. Of I'd like to think it's coincidence, so More it doesn't. Bias, but so it doesn't eat me alive. You know, every time I see his name, but you know, there's obviously got to be something there. I mean, if it was like five losses in a row, you could be like, well, you know, that's yeah, that's kind of funny. But when it's thirteen <laughs> losses in a row of all your different teams, you're losing to them. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like, okay, something's happening here. Right. It's like that's not coincidence. That's that's a streak. Scott Foster has a winning streak against Chris Paul in the playoffs right now. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what's going on right Speaking there. Speaking of a potential winning streak, Miami killed the 76ers uh, yeah. two nights ago. Uh, they're looking to do that again today. Uh, locked down James Harden. Tyrese Maxey couldn't get anything going. And MVP candidate, or should be MVP this season, Joel Embiid uh, couldn't make anything happen. Miami was just too good and without... Jimmy Butler, right? They had no Jimmy and no Kyle. Yeah, that, I mean that's why I think they win in five games. Of, I'm going four right now. <laughs> like, right now sweep? that's the biggest sweep. That's the easiest sweep right in front of us now. I think De- Luca can pull something off against the Suns. Oh, I'm I sure don't know can. if I'm sure he can. I'm waiting for Harden to prove something this playoffs, and he hasn't done that yet. Yeah, and I'm just... waiting for Joel to have any other teammate other than, like other than Tyrese Maxey, of course. I love my life, Tyrese Maxey, uh, to do something good. But yeah, it's almost like I always just think I'm just thinking like the trade right now of or how good Joel and Harden looked with like the last yeah. ten games of the year. Like first, like where's, three games together, they looked at, like the best duo in the league. And you know, with not having Joel in there, you have to Doc Rivers has to game plan now. Like, well, how do I? And I don't think I think it's also realizing it's a it's a harsh truth if you're a 
a fan of the uh, Sixers, that Harden isn't a guy that you're going to start building your franchise off of. No, and he's, he's not going to game anyway. And he's not the car- he's not going to carry your team. Of what I look back to, of uh, a lot of this hurts me as a, as a Chris Paul fan. But when Chris Paul went out mm-hmm. went out in the Western Conference Finals, yeah, the Rockets were up three two, and they had to lead. They had to lean on James Harden to make shots. With you know, had two games to win one, and Golden State wins back to back and uh, go to the finals to play the Raptors. But that's just what it. You know, that's just. I think it also showed. I don't think James Harden can carry a team. Not anymore. He needs he guys needs to. He needs guys around him, and he needs a Joel. And with Joel being out, I think it's a. It's pretty dire right now in Philly. So you know, I think this is a very important game because you can't. You know, going two zero. I know you're on the road, but then also forces you to win Game Three. Yeah, as current James Harden as we've seen, Joel Embiid might be the best teammate he's ever had, mm-hmm. and it's it seems like an opportunity wasted if they don't get close to the finals this year or the next year. Right. If Harden demands a trade from the Sixers, who who knows? Uh, but it's doesn't look too good of a situation for him. We're in the end game of many NBA greats from our childhood: LeBron, uh, Kevin Durant, Steph yeah. is near the end. James Harden is going out. Russell Westbrook is, is out of it, out of it. Yeah, I think uh, it's only a matter of time before he... Yeah, the great John Wall, Derrick Rose, Rajon Rondo, like they're Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, like they're all falling. They're, they're all kind of phasing out. I think it's a new... That's why we see more of the jaw and cat and book. And I think yeah. M- the NBA is making the the new generation. We're going to see the new stars, the Tyrus Maxis, the... Uh, Jordan the, Poole. The Jordan Poole's, yeah. the Gary Payton the seconds, the... These young kids of like they're t- they're taking over the league. Like we see, and the stats, see they see like the youngest to score like thirty points every match, yeah. whatever. Like Jordan Poole gets a new stat every single game when he puts up thirty points again. Exactly. So like, I think they're going to be youth movement. Yeah, but you know, speaking of LeBron, <laughs> there was a our our old friend Stephen A. Smith. Oh yeah, Stephen had, A. had an interesting take on uh, today's show or this morning show is that. That LeBron should be traded from the Lakers for younger core guys. No, thank you. Um, look, as much as I'd laugh and, and almost die laughing if LeBron got traded from the Lakers. If LeBron got traded in general, he's never been traded before. Yeah. So, like, who are you getting young core? What are you trading for? I mean, who would you trade him to? And what young core, like, what team with a young core would give up? Their young core for LeBron. Yeah, Le- LeBron, who is at the end of his career, so like, it'd be like two just years Le- out, maybe. So yeah, I mean that that'd be a be a monumental deal, but it's not happening. But it's it's just it's a it's almost like funny to think about when I heard it this morning of like you know, just the just the idea that he could be traded. I'm like, well, it hasn't happened yet, so I can't imagine it's going to happen <laughs> in the future. Like, if it's going to happen at all, it will be. One of his last few seasons, like Vince Carter got traded around a lot, but right. I don't think LeBron is capable of such things with what he brings to every city. Exactly. So it's you know maybe in his last year, if Bronny gets uh, drafted somewhere else, it might and, demand a trade. And sure. he's still and he's still on the on Lakers. He'd say, "Well, now I need to go to the Hornets, or I need to go to the Timberwolves." Or yeah. I feel like it's on the Spurs. For some reason, I feel like Bronny goes to the Spurs. I could see that. I don't know why. LeBron in a Spurs jersey, that'd be... Can I, I need to write this down now. Le, Bronny gets drafted by the Spurs. 
I th- let's just put that in the record book so I can be right about something for once. Right. I could I could see that. It'd be weird to see LeBron in a Spurs jersey after the all that Miami stuff. <laughs> yeah, it really would be. I'm not sure. Like San, ten years. I'm later, not sure San so. Antonio would exactly embrace him. Yeah. Be like, oh, dude, we just we we don't like you. you. You beat us, man. Yeah, I know we beat you, but that's not. You beat us twice. Like if I had to, like as a Suns fan, if once, I, I guess. if like if we got. Bobby Portis or something. I wouldn't be like, "Hey, Bobby, come on!" Yeah. I'd be like, "No, I don't like you." I don't. Even if we beat the Bucks this year, if we mm-hmm. go to the finals and beat them this year, it's like I still don't like you. It's like that a finals loss never goes away. Yeah, well, certainly, like, like I don't, Pat Connaughton would be weird if on the yeah. Suns. Like you'd be like, "Oh, that's kind of yeah." What are you doing here? It's almost like a like a John Paxson who hit the game winning shot in '93. Yeah. Like he could never be a Sun. I'm like, right. That's just well, that. It's like Dennis Rodman going that, to the Bulls. It's just like that. It's yeah. like kind of weird. Like, you're the enemy. What are yeah. you doing here? But then, you know, you start winning some games, and uh, everyone's family now. When you're here, you're family. Yep. It's just, it's like, I guess that's how that that goes down, I guess. <laughs> Does Eli Manning look like he eats the Flintstone gummy vitamins every morning? <laughs> Eli? Eli the, Manning. The youngest of the Mannings? Yeah. I mean, Manning cast. He really does. I mean, he's had the same face since he was, like, 12. Yeah, that's probably true. And so I, I'm sure he still has, like, the the gummies shaped like Fred Flintstone and yeah. little dinosaur. Um, you think his mom, like, drops him off to him? Yeah. Or gives him to his wife, probably, and then she... No, his wife picks them up and then says, all right, kids, here's the gummies, and then Eli just takes the jar... Yeah. <laughs> to his room and just like... Yeah, like just hot stashes them away. You think he eats them with like ice cream? You like, he pretends it's like gummies that you put in ice cream? Oh, no. I, I think these are, you know, right out the, every morning he makes a routine and it's like, all right, time for this vitamin. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad way to do it. I mean... Hey, Peyton, you want one? No? no. All right. <laughs> no, Eli, I'm an adult. <laughs> That's a, kind of the point. The little thing called growing up, Eli. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of growing up, I think a, a certain team in Major League Baseball has some growing up to do. Yeah. The Cincinnati Reds, and I have yeah. really no place to be making fun of Major League franchises as I am a fan of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Well, live in the now, Jacob. That's okay. right. Live in the now. Well, that's exactly like what that. I'm doing talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Your record is three wins, 20 losses through 23 games. You're 1-9 in your last 10, and you just made Twitter history when you... Uh, there was a video posted of you playing the Colorado Rockies. Yeesh. And you dropped not one, not two, but three consecutive fly balls for one, two, three that take you that, all could that, have caught. You were Major League <laughs> Baseball players. That's just... I mean, look, we weren't... The D-backs weren't great last year, but we didn't start three and 20. Hey, we're living in it now. Uh, okay. We are. It's okay. And speaking of the D-backs... <laughs> As um, as we speak right now, it's two seventeen in the afternoon here in Phoenix. Yeah, the D-backs have swept the Miami Marlins. Yeah, their record improves to thirteen to thirteen. And Madison Mumgarner just had the weirdest uh, interaction with the umpire in Major League Baseball history. If you don't know the backstory, I'll go through this really quickly. Is that Major League Baseball now has to do um, checks with your glove and your hat to make sure you have no foreign substances? And the umpire went to go check Madison Bumgarner but made direct eye contact with him the whole time. Didn't look at his hand, didn't look at his cap, just looked at him. And then Matt Smokeware was ejected for asking what he was doing. And they had to be physically restrained from uh, attacking the umpire. What? Yeah. It's a pretty crazy video. If you haven't seen it, it's on... How recent is that? What's that? How recent? Uh, this morning. 
Really? Yeah, because the Miami game started at about one o'clock their time, which means about uh, about ten or nine ish our time. That's cool. So yeah, but the D-backs still won. Paven Smith had a two home run day, and D-backs uh, go to five hundred. He took that personally. Yeah. That's a. It was just funny though. But other news here in the Valley, pretty upsetting news for Cardinals fans that DeAndre Hopkins has been suspended six games for violating the NFL's uh, PED policy. Um, he was he had a positive result come back on one of his PED tests from November, and so he will be suspended the first six games of the year. Um, just it's a it's a foolish move. I don't understand what he was doing right in the middle of NFL draft week. Uh, the Cardinals got some help at wide receiver, but it doesn't change the fact that um, he did it. He took personal responsibility for it. He said he had no idea where it came from, but that he'll see us in Week 7. And so the Cardinals will be without DeAndre Hopkins the first six weeks of the year. Schedule has not come out yet, but we will see how tough a stretch the the, uh, Cardinals have without DeAndre Hopkins. It's kind of a weird thing because he claims that he has no idea how this happened. It's like, I think, well, I think he's also saving himself. Like, I think his agent's telling him, look, say, say you had no idea. We'll, we'll work through this. He's also trying to, like, go and he he's about to go fight the NFL. It's like, no, you're not, kiddo. But it's also a question, like, if it didn't happen, then how do they think this? You know, how does the NFL believe that this is true? If you know that for some reason it is not. Uh, I personally think... If he tested positive, I believe it. You know, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm just upset, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, our guys. But I think it also shows some lack in the uh, organization, of the organization not really stepping up and, like, stopping. So I think we're going to be taking a look at his trainer, going to be taking a look at his camp and seeing what's going on inside your camp and how did that happen. Because he had two negative tests in October and then December. All negative tests in then November came back as positive. And so that is extremely upsetting. But also upsetting is uh, a certain guy in Green Bay that just refuses to get help from his organization. Poor Aaron Rodgers. I didn't think I'd say poor Aaron Rodgers. But, I know, especially after this last year. But uh, <laughs> he is uh, he finally got some help as the, as the Packers finally drafted a wide receiver in the second round for the first time since the early 2000s. Didn't they have done that in the first round, though? Exactly. <laughs> and that's the problem. You had two first-round picks. Yeah. And you... Wasting them both on defenders. When you need wide receivers. Aaron Rodgers has to be in his in his basement somewhere in Antarctica, wherever he lives. <laughs> Does Aaron Rodgers live in Antarctica, yes or no? That's it. I mean, you got that you got that frozen COVID toe that you put up right to the camera, so <laughs> the COVID toe. The but it just all those theatrics. But speaking of theatrics, the NFL draft had uh had their draft ceremonies all in Las Vegas in front of the Bellagio Felons. <laughs> Not like the Super Bowl, but just the draft. Yeah. I, I've never seen anything like that for the draft. Like, I don't understand it, you know. Uh, Vegas know is Vegas, but... Yeah. It's not... It doesn't make any sense to me. As a huge NBA fan who watches the draft from a historical site as the Barclays Center, um, you'd think, looking at the NFL draft, like, what are they... What are they doing? Yeah, and then they have fans come up and announce picks. Like it's kind of cool, but also a tremendous waste of time <laughs> and as a, talent. As an NFL fan, I think you know the whole first round lasts two hours because everyone gets ten minutes to make a pick. 
Yeah. And then it goes down to the wire because you want to make sure you get enough commercial time. Well, there was also one guy. I forgot who it was for. I think it was the Giants uh, that was picking, and uh, some guy was walking up there. It was an older man. Uh, he took, like, a good five minutes just talking about himself. I was like, what are you doing? Tell us the pick. Yeah, exactly. The pick has been in for uh, 10 minutes. Any time now. We're waiting. I'm not a New York Giants fan, but man, I want to know who they picked. Just like to have the Jeopardy music in the background. Yeah, honestly. Goodell's probably standing on the side being like, this was a mistake. Is the Oscars band not playing loud enough for you? Get off the stage. Someone get Will Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Just slap some sense into him. (laughs) They really need to have someone slap sense into some of those people. Up there. I know. I mean, say the pick. Yeah, there were. Just, I mean, there was like you know someone who had a you know make a wish uh, dream to announce a pick for the NFL draft, and I was like, okay, that's sweet. That's cool. So, you know, that's... But then you had other celebrities come and make picks, and some other fans, and it's like, okay, this is not make a wish anymore. This is just now theatrics. It's just, now it's just because we're in Vegas. Yeah. So let's go have the dancers go make a pick or something. It's like right. It might as well. At this no. point. Yeah. Let's go have our. The live GM of the Vegas Raiders, which or, was actual, which is an actual pick. They had their GM go up there and just make a pick. Or former players. I think there was someone. I'm not good with names, especially with the NFL. There's so many people. Right. Um, there was someone from the Seahawks that is no longer a Seahawks player, but still plays in the NFL, who made a pick for the Seahawks. Yeah, former players coming out there and making picks. Like I don't. I, don't I believe he was on the Broncos. Right. But is making the. Announcement for the Seahawks. Like, what are you doing? Right. Up there? It's like, all right. Well, thank you for that. But, uh, yeah. But Not, and I was, it, I was like, around two Seahawks fans at the time, too, and they were like totally okay with it. Like, how are you okay with this? Like, that just doesn't make sense. Why is he here? Exactly. I don't. It's just, I don't know. There's the theatrics, all the, the, having the Bellagio fountains in the background. It's just, it's just noise. I don't, I don't understand what it, do what it's supposed sound, to. Do we sound old? Talking about it like this, like, yeah, probably of like, ah, oh, make the pick. You know, back back in my day, they just, yeah, they went to a they went to a reception hall and made the pick. A superdome. What about the elements? Come on, <laughs> come on, get it over with. You know, I guess it's just part of the you back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in my day, we had we didn't have helmets. We played with our bare hands. Well, I mean, back in my day, all sounded like, whoa, and there's another white guy. Throwing it to another white man and another that's, suit over there who's another World War II veteran. and That's <laughs> true. I mean, the NFL is, I think, it's just part of their expansion to, you know, gain revenue but gain fans, become, a, become an international game. They're having, uh, they announced they're playing two games in Mexico City this year. Yep. The Cardinals and 49ers, one of them. So the Cardinals get to go play in Mexico City, which will be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we got, we're towards the end of our show here, the musicals and the hype and everything. We have two more looks like, and I think they're going to be really good for the uh, the audience here. Uh, Kenji Ito of Best of the West looks like Darla from Finding Nemo. Oh my god! <laughs> like the uh, the girl who the, the girl with the braces. Office? Yes. Yeah. Who shakes the fish to death? Fishy, fishy. <laughs> Jake Brown looks like the middle schooler who hit puberty a little too early. <laughs> oh god. Uh, <laughs> oh jeez. That's, uh, that's, yeah. These that's, looks like we're very consensual and they agreed to all of it. That's true. That's true. That should be, that should be noted that. Very good disclaimer. That there. we, uh, that we passed these in front of them before we, uh, um, said these on. But we also shared video. with them the 
like the, each other's. So we told Jake Kenji's look like, and we told Kenji Jake's. Oh, look we like. did the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we did we did a bit a little bit of both, but we mostly hinted at the hey Jake, is this funny for Kenji? And he gave us a big standing ovation for that. So <laughs> if they get mad, they can get mad at each other for, uh, yeah. this for is, saying these are okay. all we're doing is publicizing it. Right. What they did is agree to it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, they they're doing our we're just doing their dirty laundry. That's yeah, pretty pretty much. I mean, at the end of the day, you approved it. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, but that is, uh, all I gotta say. this was a longer episode, much deserved for our season finale. Uh, we're planning to be back next semester around the first couple weeks of August. Uh, not first, sorry, the middle or end of August, mm-hmm. uh, which would be around the 18th or 20th, something like that. Just about. Uh, so we might be on live. We might not. Who, who knows? Who's to say? Uh, but, we, you know, it's been a pleasure. Yes. Uh, playing some music, doing some looks like, some poll questions, and uh, being a you know total procrastinators and bad That's, at our jobs. That is true. That is true. <laughs> as as low effort as this was, right. uh, we it's pretty good. Every part of it was uh, was genuine, and we can't wait to get back. And whoever's listening out there from Blaze, it's time to go live. Yeah, time to go live, guys. Okay, just give us our spot, man. Let's go. Let's go, please! Please, radio's here! Please, 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 please